Welcome. That's a great song to start with this morning. Amen. We're going to be reading from page uh, 1082, 1082, Habakkuk chapter 2. And thank you this morning for remembering uh, Lee Martin in your prayers, Daniel's dad. Uh, thank you for remembering my dad, um, who is in uh, hospice care and still chugging along, plugging along. Uh, and that's all we have for uh, prayer or announcements. But keep in mind uh, Bill and Kathy who are traveling and uh, Daniel and Rebecca who are traveling uh, and that they can be brought home safely. <clears throat> From uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I will stand my watch 
and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. And then the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for, uh, for cloudy skies and for s- sprinkles. We thank you this morning uh, that you have called us and assigned this time for us to gather and to give our worship to you. You are most worthy. And we thank you, Father, for this, uh, this song to start, which lifts up the name of your son, Jesus, our Savior and our King. And so receive this worship, Lord. Bless this hour to your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The word became flesh and the light shined among us, his glory revealed. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he Sins far away, rising he just freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. and rejected bearing our sins my redeemer is he the hands that heal nations stretched out on a tree and took the nails for me living he loved me dying he saved me and buried he carried my sins far away
sing. Well, that's one of my favorite songs. So <laughs> I know every week I have a favorite song, but that's really a, truly one of my favorites, favorites. Well, um, we're going to be continuing in the book of Romans today. So if you'll turn with me, if you're in our Bibles here, it's on page 12, 1294. And um, it's Romans chapter 2. <clears throat> And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been, um, last two or three weeks, we've been in the book of Romans and have worked through chapter one. And the theme, and Joe and I were talking about this a little bit before church started, that the theme that Paul is writing about really comes out of chapter one, verse 17. So you'll see right there on, on the same page, verse 17. And this is really Paul's theme for the entire book of Roman, Romans. And it says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. And <clears throat> as you remember, we talked about that word just, and that it really is the same understanding as righteousness. So Paul is saying that if you are righteous, if you are in right standing with God, and that's what righteous means, remember? Righteous means in right standing with God. And that if we are in right standing, he's saying that we'll live in a way that our faith will be poured out in our lives. We, people will see our faith through our lives. And um, so oftentimes we don't think about the fullness of that understanding. But Paul talked about it last week, and he's going to continue to teach us even further today. So if you'll read with me starting in chapter 2 with that understanding in mind. <clears throat> says, therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So there's a lot that Paul is saying in these verses and in the verses to follow. But one of the things I want to start out and talk about is what this verse is not. Because I think this verse gets misunderstood sometimes and people hang their hats on it for what it's not saying. So we're going to talk about what it's not saying and then we'll talk about what it is saying. So this is a uh, scripture that oftentimes is associated with Matthew 7 and we're going to look at Matthew 7 as well. 
and people come to a conclusion when you try to encourage someone in their walk with Jesus and they are quick to say, you can't judge that. Anybody ever heard anybody say that? You can't judge that. Well, that's not exactly what Paul is saying here. And what people believe that this verse is saying is that if you judge someone else for their walk, then you are condemning yourself. So they say, if you judge me, then that is going to bring condemnation on you, right? But that is not what Paul is saying. But I want to address this place of judging others first. Because the Bible has a lot to, of things to say about judging others. But let's start with Matthew 7. It's on page, uh, keep your marker here because we're going to come back to Romans. But Matthew 7 is on page 1118. <clears throat> Matthew 7, verse 1. Jesus is speaking here. So Paul is writing with the understandings that Jesus is giving in this very passage. And um, Jesus speaks and he says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And the measure, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay, hold your page right here on Matthew 7 and look back at what Paul is saying in Romans 2 because Jesus is talking about something that we want to recognize today and that is being a hypocrite. That is judging someone for something and yet walking in sin yourself. And what Jesus is saying in verse 5 is he says, remove the plank from your eye before you remove the plank or the speck from your brother's eye. So he's saying, look at your own self first. Judge where you are. You have to see the sins you're walking in before you are able to come righteously in a place of helping your brother to see the darkness that they're walking in. Now, if you turn back to Romans, you see that's exactly what Paul is talking about in verse 1. He says, Therefore, you're inexcusable, O man, whoever you, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. He's saying you are in the same place. Your heart is not cleansed before God. You have not looked at your own self, and yet you're coming in a hypocritical place, in a judgmental place without coming before the Lord and being cleansed first. 
So as we're going to see, God does call us to judge. And there are things we're going to look at. But the most important thing I want us to start out with is this understanding that Jesus is saying, you have to remove the plank in your own eye before you remove the speck in your brother's eye. Now I want to look on down in um, Matthew 7 to verse 16. And it says, um, let's see if there's anything I want to read right here. It says in verse 16, you will know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And so what Jesus is talking about is false teachers or false prophets or people that walk as if they are very righteous and yet they're not walking in truth. And so one of the things that it says right here is that how we're going to know where people are is by the fruits that we see in their life. It says that grapes don't grow on thorn bushes and figs don't grow on thistles. He's saying you're going to know what this tree looks like by the fruit it produces. So he is telling us that even though you aren't to be judging, he is saying you have to discern spiritually where people are. You have to know where someone is walking. So I want to take you also now, let's look at Luke 6. It's on page 1187. Luke 6, page 1187. This again is a place where Jesus is speaking again, and he says in verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. So it seems like that what Jesus is saying here is that you should never judge. But that's not what he said in Matthew. He's saying remove the plank first from your own eye and then you will be able to help to get the speck out of your brother's eye. And I use that word help because that is the heart that God calls each one of us to walk in to strengthen the people around us, to help those around us in love. I've always said that when you come to to talk with someone about their walk in life, the greatest love is to speak in truth. And that is true. But before you can come to that place, you have to come in a place that you've been before the Father and you've said, show me what's in my heart, that I might remove the plank in my life. It's happened many years ago, but I still remember it as if it was yesterday. God had touched my life and I was beginning to see things that God was pointing out and helping me to see the things that the enemy was doing to destroy many lives. And God was allowing me to go along with him and to see as he was touching people's lives and taking them out of the darkness and casting out unclean spirits of in, inside of him. 
And all of a sudden, I began to realize, I thought, Lord, I see that Jesus was always cleansing people and taking out, casting out the darkness. And Jesus called them unclean spirits. And it occurred to me that what happened to all the unclean spirits? Did Jesus cast all of them out and we don't have them in the world anymore? Is that the way it is? That really wasn't what I was seeing. What I was seeing is God was casting out these spirits in other people, but I didn't understand about unclean spirits. I'd never been taught about them. I didn't understand what would actually bring judgment if I was in alignment with these unclean spirits. And so I sat down before the Lord one day and I said, Lord, would you tell me if there's anything that's out of alignment with you? Is there any unclean spirit that has authority in my life? And I remember I had a notebook about like this, and I really thought that what I would do is sit down and the Lord would give me one or two unclean spirits, one or two places that were not in alignment with where God wanted me to be. Well, that was pretty foolish because what God did is he began to show me line after line after line. As fast as I could write, he wrote down things that were not of him. Things that I was walking in that were not in alignment with his ways. What I want to say to you is that when you want to remove these planks from your eyes, it's very quick. You can go to the Father and say, Lord, would you show me what's here that's not of you? He will be faithful to do that. He will show you immediately where you're walking and what is not of him. So very recently, I uh, was in a situation and um, just over, over the last little bit, and um, something really hurt my heart. And in that place of hurting my heart, I began to say things that were not in alignment with what God would have had me say. Now, I would love to justify it and say that this was because I was hurt. Anybody ever said anything because you were hurt and you wish you hadn't said it? Yeah, we've all done that. We've all done that. But what happened immediately after, just not very long, the Lord quickened me and he said, you, you can't be here. You know better than this. I mean, I didn't even go to him and ask. He was quick to, to respond to where I was. And he said, I'm not okay with you right here. You're not in alignment with my heart. You're not in alignment with my love. And you need to get into repentance. I saw the greatest love of the Father right there. He didn't leave me in the darkness. Do you see that? But rather, he helped me to see the plank that was in my eye so that I could come before him repenting. And in that place, he was quick to remove it from me that's the place Jesus is talking that is the place when he's saying do not judge he's not saying do not judge spiritually so I want us to look at another couple of, of uh, 
passages here because Jesus did judge and he did judge spiritually and he's calling us to do the same. So turn over to page 12 on page 34. I'm sorry, not page 34. I'm sorry, Luke 12, uh, verse uh, 34. It's on page 1200. But that's not really where I wanted to be. So, uh, 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 no, not, let's go back. It's Matthew 12, no wonder. And it's on page 1125. Matthew 12, page 1125. And it's verse 34. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. And what he says to them in verse 34, he says, Broods of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the hearth, the mouth speaks. So he is saying, he calls them a brood of vipers. Wow. Now, that's pretty strong words. I want to tell you, I've talked to a lot of people and said a lot of things in my life, and some things I wasn't supposed to say maybe, and some things I, I have never called anybody a brood of vipers. I mean, that's strong language. But Jesus is knowing their hearts, and he's knowing where they are, and he's walking in full alignment with the Father. He has the power and the right to call out the enemy that is among the people that's his love is that these people would see where they are they would have an opportunity just as I did to see where I was I want to take you to one more place Matthew 21 it's on page 1137 verse 12 It says, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who brought, bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. So Jesus walks into the temple and these people have taken his house of prayer and made it into a business. And he comes in and he overturns the tables Wow, not just, oh, let me do that. He is, he is angry and, and frustrated with this abomination that's going on because he sees the enemy is working inside these people. And so he comes right there and he flips over the tables and he sends the doves out and he casts them out of, of this place where they're, where they're all making this money. Jesus was not okay and, and, and passive about the darkness being in his house. Do you see that? What I want you to see is that sometimes when we take this place of judging, which is exactly what Jesus was doing in both of these situations, is he was judging that there's darkness here among the people. 
He was judging the darkness. He was spiritually judging the darkness. And here's the problem. If we don't learn to walk in the same place, and I'll show you some more places that we can look at to help us to understand this. If we don't, then what happens is we go, oh, we're not supposed to be judging. And the church becomes complacent, and the darkness comes into the church and has authority. Or the darkness draws you into joining up because you're not spiritually discerning where this all is. So I want to show you Paul helps us to understand the distinction between aligning with God's ways and judging what is spiritually wrong. So look on 1 Corinthians page 13, 12. Page 13, 12, 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 10. Paul writes, and he, he, he's not contradicting what he writes in Romans, so let's understand what he's saying here. But God has revealed them... To us through his spirit. He's, he's revealed the mysteries. He's talking about great mysteries of God here. And he says he's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of God except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So he's saying the only way you can know the deep things of God, the deep truths, the deep understandings, is to have the Holy Spirit living in you. And only the Holy Spirit can allow you to discern and understand these mysteries of God. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He's saying you've got to be able to understand spiritual things and compare them spiritually. So in other words, what he's saying is you've got to understand the spiritual things of God and compare them with the spiritual things of the enemy. Verse 17 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So he's saying the, the man that lives in the flesh, the natural man, the man who has, does not have the Holy Spirit in he can't understand these things of the Spirit. Verse 15 says, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Wow. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Now that's a pretty strong statement. But that is the place that Paul is saying that all 
Christians, all believers that truly have the Holy Spirit living inside of them should be able to judge spiritually because the Holy Spirit is in you and allowing you to understand things in the spiritual realm. If you are walking into these deep places, then you will see into deep spiritual understandings. If you're not, this is a great place to begin to talk to the Lord and say, why? Why am I not seeing in the spiritual world? Because what happens when we don't is we get drug off into the darkness. I believe that there can be a plank in our eye that keeps us from being able to see spiritually. And that there are things that God wants to clean, cleanse us from. Let me see. Let's read on just a little bit. Verse 16, it says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. He says, how can you know these things? He says, we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. So he's saying, you've come and you're wanting the deeper things of Jesus. And he says, I can't give you these spiritual things because you are still carnal. You are still fleshly. You're not wanting to leave the flesh and live in the spiritual world of being able to understand the deep things of God. To be able to see the enemy where he's working. To be able to understand the darkness that has authority around you. And the last part of verse 3 says, For uh, where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So Paul is saying when there are these spirits around you that are, are carnal or fleshly, that we allow our churches to continue in, then it keeps us from seeing spiritually. And it keeps us from being able to spiritually judge things and spiritually discern where things are. You see, sometimes we make a statement and we say, oh, please come into our churches. You know, we want you to feel comfortable here. We are all in sin and we are not judging anyone. That is not what Paul is calling believers to. That is very twisted understanding of not judging. Absolutely we're not judging. Come into our church, but not to find satisfaction in where you are and that you can stay there. That will not be taught in this church. But rather you will be encouraged to grow into the deep things of God and to not stay in your carnal self, in your fleshly ways. But you will be brought before the Lord in his word to see that God in his great love and mercy wants you to be able to judge spiritually so that you can see the spiritual battles between 
the things of God and the things of the enemy. We have to be careful as we set up churches that encourage that we all are the same remaining in sin. That is never taught in the Bible. The Bible is a place of teaching that, yes, you were born in sin. But through the blood of Jesus, you've been cleansed. And you are being sanctified daily. What does that mean? Set apart from the things of the world. Set apart from the things of the darkness. That you can no longer remain in these places. And I want to submit to you that when you get to that place, the Lord is quick to challenge wherever you are and say, you are not okay here. You need to get out of this place, Deb. So I'm not here this morning telling you that I don't have places that are not in alignment with God and that I don't have sin in my life. I'm not here telling you that. I believe he's working in each one of our lives, but I don't think we walk in sin daily if you are walking with Jesus. I don't think that we continue to practice what the darkness draws us into if we're walking with Jesus. He will quickly grab hold of you and say, no, this is not for you. And that is what I want to encourage each and every one of us today to be drawing into him, to get before him and say, Lord, show me what keeps me from this depth of where you want us all to be, of walking close to you, that you would quicken me if there's any place that's out of alignment, that you would show me that every word spoken has to be under your authority. That every action should be in alignment with you. Let's look at First John. It's on, um, hmm, I don't have your page. Let me grab your page. First John chapter 3. It's on page 1400. Paul writes with this understanding. Jesus speaks with this understanding. And now John writes with this understanding in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 24. It says, Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. In other words, we, if you want to say you're a Christian, if you want to believe you're a follower of Jesus, if you know in your heart that you have made Jesus Lord, then it will be, the fruit will be that you will keep his commandments, that you will walk in his ways, and he will be in you. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. You hear? It's right there. It's right there that we will know that he abides in us 
by the Spirit He has given us. Well, a lot of times people go, well, I know the Spirit's into me. Well, how do you know the Spirit is living within you? The Spirit, you know the Spirit is living in you when He's talking to you. That's how you know. Because if the Spirit is truly in you, He's going to be correcting you. He's going to be bringing you to truth. Uh, chapter 4 verse 1 says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirit whether they are God because many false uh, prophets have gone out into the world and by this you know the spirit of God every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already in the world. Test the spirits. I remember when God showed me this verse and it just sent chills all over me. Because what Jesus is, or what John is saying to us right here, he's saying if you are truly walking and judging spiritually, you're going to do that. You're going to test the spirits. What he's saying is judge the spirits. Judge the fruit that is in something. Judge the fruit that's coming out of someone's life. Judge the fruit. That's what he's talking about. Test the spirits that you're seeing. What is ruling in a, in a situation? And he's saying, why do you have to do that? He's saying, because many people have been drug off. There's a lot of false prophets out there because they have not been judging, testing the spirits. And he says, by this you'll know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus has come in the flesh. In other words, he's saying, every spirit that you walk in is going to confess Jesus. Wow. Now, I want to ask you, and I don't want you to raise your hand right here because I don't want to, uh, us to be in that place. But have you ever thought about, is, is every spirit that comes out of me confessing Jesus? Is there any times that my actions don't confess Jesus? Is there any times my, any time my words don't confess Jesus? You see, God wants us to be able to judge. Judge for ourselves first. Get the plank out of my eye. And if you need help seeing that, then the Lord will help you, or our elders will be glad to pray with you to help you to see what is holding you from being able to walk in what John is saying here. And then verse 3 says, And every spirit that does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And so that's pretty easy to see. The things that we walk in, the places that we uh, act, the way we act, the things we say, the things we do, if they don't confess Jesus, it says then that this is the spirit of the Antichrist. I have, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty strong, isn't it? That's pretty strong, Adam. But I have taught that for years, that there's no gray area. You're either in alignment with the enemy with every thought, with every word, with every action, or you're in alignment with God. There's no gray area. Now, I have um, 
had strong conversations with people that say that, well, there's influenced by the enemy, and then there's the flesh, and then there's the things of God. That is not what the word says. He says if it's not of God, it is of the Antichrist. He doesn't give you a pass that says, well, you know, we're all human. We all just, you know, have these times when we uh, act a certain way, talk a certain way, do a certain things. No. You're either in alignment with Jesus or you're in alignment with the Antichrist. That's what he's saying. And there's nothing else to glean from that. There's a lot of spirits that people find themselves walking in, dark spirits that the enemy has um, glamorized or at least uh, made them accept that these are okay. Well, this is just a small place. This is not that big of a place. No, it's either of the Antichrist, wow, or it's of Jesus. And when you see it like that, it's quick to draw you to a place of repentance if you're truly a believer. Let me see. Um, I want to go back to Romans. Let's go back to Romans 2. And I want you to, I'm going to read this again, and I want you to hear what Paul is saying out of this place. So chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. So you see that he's calling out someone that's hypocritical. Someone that's walking in the darkness with the Antichrist who is judging someone who is trying to walk in a different manner. Or maybe they don't even know what they're walking in. But this person that's judging in, in Romans 2.1 here is in alignment with the Antichrist. Do you hear that? So when we judge a situation, a sin, and you want to help someone out of it, the first thing you have to make sure is that you're not in the darkness, that you have come to a place of seeing any place in your life and you are walking in alignment with God. Then as you come, everything will come in the heart of the Father to bring that person out of the darkness. All right, it says, verse 2, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. So he's saying there, there is going to be judgment against these places of judging and being critical and being a hypocrite is really what Paul is talking about. And do you think this, O oh man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? 
He's saying, do you think you're going to get by with this place? God knows that you are in darkness and that you are judging someone else in the darkness. You're not judging spiritually. You're judging out of the power of the Antichrist. Verse 4 says, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So he is saying right here, it, do you not understand that God's goodness, his long-suffering, his kindness, all the things have, are to lead you to repentance. In other words, when God shows you quickly that you're walking in some place that's not in alignment with him, are you quick to be reminded of the goodness of God, that he would come and remind you of this place, that he would give you an opportunity to get out of it. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, and that word means selfish, uh, stubborn, stubborn heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. He's saying if you are hard-hearted, if you are stubborn, if you are obstinate, if you are a strong-willed against what God is trying to show you, to, to draw you into these places with you, he's saying that in accordance with your heart, you, you've hardened your heart. You've hardened your heart. We talked about that last week. And you're treasuring up for yourself the wrath of God and his righteous judgment. Verse 6 says, And who will render to each one according to his deeds? And he says, And God will bring this judgment according to your deeds. Oh, my goodness. Um, this gets all twisted into all kinds of things at, that I won't even go into. But what it's talking about is the way your actions, how you live your life, the things you do, what you say, where you, you know, every part of you are your actions, your deeds. And, and God is saying that each one of us will be judged according to your deeds, your fruit. Now, right here is a very interesting place that people a lot of times, they go, yes, but I'm a believer, so Jesus died for all my sins. Here's the thing. Jesus did die for your sins, and that's 100% true. But if you are not willing to repent when he brings you to a place to see your sin and you are staying in the darkness, where are you? John tells us these are things that are coming out of the Antichrist. You can't come to Jesus and say, you died for my sin, but I stayed in my sin. People want to take the fact that Jesus died and make some kind of blanket covering that he died for all your sins. Whether you were ever repented of him or not, that is not true. 
Jesus said, repent for the kingdom is right here at hand. You can enter into my kingdom. Repent of the things I'm showing you. Repent of the things that you're doing that are under the influence of the enemy. Verse 7 says, uh, well, verse 6 says, and who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Immortality. Uh, so eternal life for those who by patient continuance. In other words, they are continuing to walk in the things that God has for them. Their deeds are reflecting these places. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good. By, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there's no partiality with God. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So the doers of God's laws coming in alignment with his ways. The doers will be justified, made righteous. In right standing, it goes back to that place that um, we were talking about in the very beginning. The just shall live by faith. Those that are made righteous, those that have been justified, their lives will reflect the righteousness of Jesus. I pray that you'll continue reading this uh, week in Romans and that God will speak to you and that he will help you to discern this place of judging, that we won't find ourselves being hypocritical, but we won't find ourselves being complacent when God calls us to spiritually judge. If God is speaking to you today and you are, your heart is longing for a place to come and to repent of things that God is speaking with you about even now, I pray that you would meet with the Lord right now, that you wouldn't leave here without settling these places with him. If um, there's any place that uh, I can pray with you, I'm, I am honored to share in these walks um, as we draw closer into the deep waters. Stand with me, please.
Still holy, we pray and we sing. 